My name's Caitlin, and I was born in 1989. Caitlin, Caitlin, I'm going to let you finish, but Zach Ooh. had the intro of all time. Dude, I wanted yeah, that one he so did. bad. You were he born did. in 1989. He yeah, he, Zach had the greatest intro of all time. If you haven't caught up today, uh, we're going to be talking about the marketing of Taylor Swift, which Yay. Caitlin is very excited about. I trudged through this one, but I got excited at the end because I think she brings some very innovative marketing techniques. She's always been on the precipice of like new marketing tactics. So from my perspective, it's a fascinating, fascinating topic. Um, so with that, welcome to Manipulating the Masses. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel. Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men. Machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. Hey, all right, Caitlin, I know you were excited. Uh, you you let out the uh, typical Taylor Swift uh, scream <gasps> that I've I come did to not. love when I told you did when I uh, told you that's what we were talking about. You you did. You but did. it wasn't I, basic. No it was fault. like, it was unique. It was individual. It was like, <laughs> I, it was, so this is, this it was is a actually hipster my first scream. Line. It was a yeah, hipster scream. Is, I knew, so I know you, and I know that's what you're going to struggle with, because, like, literally the first line that I wrote was, like, currently, Taylor Swift is known for crashing the Ticketmaster site, mm. uh, mastering the art of social media, mm. and having a Pope-like culture among uh, throngs of basic women across <gasps> the country, and I knew that you were going to take offense to that. Massive offense. <laughs> Okay, let me give you the reason why I say that. Because I told you before when we recorded, like, I have no feelings towards Taylor Swift. I think I respect her mm -hmm. as a person yep. immensely. Mm -hmm. um, no feeling towards her music. I'm like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't get it. But why I, I say basic is uh, Taylor Swift, she's currently on whatever tour she's on right now. Eras or something like that. Tour. Um, and she was in Chicago, where I live for two two nights over the weekends. And I live right next to the train station, uh, major train station in Chicago. And I went outside, and I could not even tell you how many white cowboy boots and uh, sparkly fringe jackets were just crawling the streets of Chicago. It was like a clone machine. Like, I thought, like, somebody, it was, so that's why I say basic. <laughs> no offense, Swifties, please don't come after me. I, I have no feelings, but. Uh, is your girlfriend there a Swiftie? Was a repeat, is Susie no, a Swiftie? No. Does she hate? Not. No, she's the same as me. Just it's no like, feelings. Just no feelings. It's, yeah. you know, it's like. I like it. I respect I, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my first question to you is, uh, why? We'll review how we got to this point, but can you describe why 100%. you love Taylor Swift? How much time yeah, do we have? <laughs> we can go the full hour. I got a lot written. We could make this an extra long episode. But yes, get, why do you love Taylor Swift? Here Give is the background. thing for me. Okay. I hate to be the girl who says I was the first to discover Taylor Swift, <laughs> but I was the first to discover Taylor Swift. Okay. I okay. am... Uh, high schooler, I think I'm like 16 years old, and I remember the day so vividly. Like, I literally, defining moments in my life was like, where were you on 9-11, and where were you when <laughs> you first heard Taylor Swift? <laughs> Those are two very different feelings, but momentous in, in both of it. That's hilarious. You can ask any of my high school friends and they will be like, yes, Caitlin, we know exactly what she's talking about. And I heard over the radio uh, teardrops on my guitar mm. Mm -hmm. and it was her first album and her mm -hmm. album was like, she's this cute 16 year old girl with blonde, frizzy, curly hair. And I was like, I fucking love this song. I love this song. So then as I do with my addictive personality, I just go so hard into research and who this girl is. 
Um, yeah. And I, I think I just liked her a lot because she was my age. And so I literally have grown up with Taylor Swift. And so every album she puts out, I'm like, yes, I'm in the same place. I mean, I haven't had as many broken relationships, but <laughs> I, I felt like I was, I felt like I've grown up with Taylor Swift. Again, born yeah. in 1989, so I just have that extra connection to her. Uh, well done, Caitlin. So, uh, can I ask where did you when you, in when you did your initial research? Where did you find her? How did you how did you learn? It was more? the radio. Okay, so I heard her just, over like, the radio. Diving. You heard her over the radio, but once you started diving into her, like, oh. did you go any places to like find more information? Because I think she's used well. Again, I'm trying to think back to the technology because also she was very young. So she didn't have mm. like she wasn't doing the marketing of herself, right? Like she was probably under some record label or whatever it was. Yeah, and big machine records. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I did some research. I did some so research. I'm trying to think of the technology. I don't even think we had the internet. Like the internet was a thing for sure, but it was not accessible yeah. to me. Um, but LimeWire was. And so uh, I bet I went to LimeWire. Yep, there it is. There it is. Well, I was trying to prompt you because okay. uh, we're going to be breaking down uh, kind of her first five albums because you're so right. I think there is uh, there's an element. She's evolved as an artist. I think my respect for her is that it's always been authentic to herself, moving mm. from country to pop um, in mm -hmm. the whatever she the rock, like it's kind of been an evolution of how she feels. And mm -hmm. I love that about mm -hmm. her. Like it's authentic to what she's feeling at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it is like the albums are like a timestamp of your life. And if you've grown up with her, obviously, um, you're going to resonate with that. Mm -hmm. But I do credit her initial success when I'm looking at the marketing end, uh, was actually, she developed a unbelievable following on MySpace. Um, when MySpace was a thing. So mm. that is where she really started getting traction. So let's take a look at her first album. You mentioned it, Teardrops on My Guitar. The album was self-titled Taylor Swift. So that came out in 2006. Let me give you some data because I'm the data guy. Um, it had two hot country number one songs, which were our song. Tim McGraw. And Should Have Said No. You didn't like that one? I was, uh, no, I, I thought I was guessing correctly, and I was not. No. But uh, Teardrops on My Guitar did hit the top 15 on the Billboard 100 for her first album, which is very impressive. Um, so from the jump, she took a very alternative approach to marketing, as you said, her, her uh, first album. While most albums at the time were, as you said, radio spots, plays um you know purchasing billboards appearing on shows interviews um taylor was an early adopter of social media to promote mm. her music so um in 2016 she was very active on myspace she used that platform which i think it's kind of this first foray like we feel it's come so custom now you can tweet at a celebrity like i have things in my feed because it's I'm a sports person like people leaving like voice messages dms to like sports players like up in a like coming up to a big game like it feels it's so commonplace now that we can just directly access the star and let them know our feelings and communicate with them um but uh taylor was an early adopter of this with myspace she interacted directly with her fans um and she has this was my favorite part of writing this. Uh, the cringe posts uh, that all of us in this age bracket have to prove it. The old posts when you go back and you're like, oh, God. Before I read the old Taylor cringe posts, because I have a few, do you have any that, like, pop into your head of, like, Hers? cringe posts? You've, no, that you've done. Do you have any, like, that you think back or do you just Ooh. block it out? Oh my God, that is so buried deep down under the rug, under the bed. Oh, it's, it's six repressed. Feet under. I'm like pulling some scabs up for the public. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? I have, I have uh, one. You remember what you wrote? I remember this specific one. And it's not what I wrote. It was the concept of it. And I'm, okay. I'm just looking back and it was cringy as fuck. It was like rating the top 10 girls in our school post. Like giving them to, I know Caitlin. 
I know I'm not proud of it. If, if I'm asking you to do it, I got to do it too. It was awful. Uh, embarrassing. I couldn't tell you the list. I couldn't tell you what I wrote, but I just remember posting it and looking back, I'm like, Oh, oh not that good. is, not I, I appreciate how that one stuck with you because you regret it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad about that. All right. One. I feel um, bad about that one. Mine, I don't have any specific ones that stand out, but what I did do was I went to the University of Arizona, uh, mm. and it was a big party school. And that's all I did my freshman year was party. And so I remember like curating posts, which everyone did, like almost directed at people of like, you know, you kind of write posts hoping that that one person sees it. (laughs) And so I just remember so many comments and posts or statuses, whatever it was back in the day with Facebook, it was like, I am feeling like this. And I would just write posts all about drinking to like show my high school that I was a party girl now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's when the, uh, the, the phrase subtweet or sub post, you know, like you're posting uh, for someone without mentioning them. I still kind of do that today. I think that's fun. I enjoy that. Like I still, I'm not above a little pettiness here every now and then in a very subtle you just you take know. it to the next level, like take out a billboard ad, for example, in someone's hometown. No, I'm not above it. I'm not above it. It's an I $800 think, uh, vengeance post. <laughs> hey, I quote Drake in that one, money for revenge. That ain't an expense. Uh, you know, like we're, we're, we're doing, uh, we both have different levels. You, you take the high road. I'm like, I'm not above a little pettiness every day, every now and then. Um, okay, but let me let's get back to Taylor. Uh, so let me read you some of her some of the favorite. I went through a whole list of like old MySpace posts that she had. Can I just um, say this is my biggest fear on being famous is somebody digging through the treasures of my old social media. That's my biggest delete fear. Delete it now. Yeah, delete it now. You I just know, like they're, that, they're, no. they're gonna find it. They're gonna find it. If I become Taylor <laughs> level. They're going to find it. Who cares? Right? Like, who cares? Like, I I think Taylor has these out there. Nobody cares. You know, it's like it doesn't affect you, you know, but it is just fun to look at. Right. Um, Okay, here's a few of them. So Taylor, but this is the the marketing. We're going to laugh at a few of these, but the marketing is like she posts these and would interact with the friends. Some of these are like responses to fans, uh, comments under fans, photos or friends, photos. So it was like she was releasing an album, but she felt like she was your friend, right? Like she was your friend on MySpace. You could see what she was up to. You, she, you know, this kind of like unfiltered post. So um, here we go. Um, guess who has a thing for you? The hottest guy in the world. What's the mixture of a tiger and a lion? A whore. Think about it. Taylor Swift, 17-year-old Taylor Swift. My name is Taylor. (laughs) That was one post. My name is Taylor. I am not clingy. I do not want a boyfriend. I do not show signs of wanting a boyfriend. I do not make hints leading to the fact that I may want a boyfriend. So how, tell me on earth, all caps, is it possible for someone to confuse this issue and ignore me because they don't want a girlfriend? There's that sub posting that you were talking about like you know like uh, that sounds like something i would have written yep 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 well here's here's another one that i think you'll resonate with oh well that's no fun that you can't go to the beach we had a blast drinking with y'all got drunk as hell and crunk (gasps) so we gotta do it again sometime crunk oh yeah she used the word crunk wow oh my god don't forget my favorite yeah, my favorite Taylor Swift song is the one that she's in with T Pain. I forget mm. the name of it, but like when I she came on on a, t- on a feature on T Pain, like she was like, she was about the crunk life, <laughs> as were you, University of Arizona, Caitlin. Um, yeah, so just some examples. I have a few more. We'll post them uh, on our website because they're fun to read. But uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like overall, like these direct interactions, these connecting with friends this kind of like intimate access she's been doing this since the beginning and i think that's part of her genius and it's all of this stuff is and promotion 
promotional posts are peppered in. She was the first one to kind of like build a lifestyle, let you know who Taylor was, and then she'd be like, oh, by the way, I'm releasing an album. Not like buy my album, buy my album, buy my album. Was she doing this before? So you said that she gained popularity on MySpace. So was she doing this before that she had an album released? Yeah, she, I mean, it was, it was mostly post album. I mean, it was her first studio album. It didn't like, there wasn't a huge promotional push behind it. She's a new artist, right? So it is, it's kind of like blending like the lead up to the album, the release of the album, the post like cultivating of of fans, you know, Um, it's just kind of like throughout that first album, her, for those two years, just kind of like directly interacting with fans through MySpace, through the digital platform, right? Um, and and it, it worked like she ended up, her first album ended up like being nominated for album of the year at the 2008 CMAs. Like, you know, it worked. She, it started to get traction and it's because of these people like interacting directly. So like taking a pause at that one, like I know you and I talk about it. We see brands doing that now. Like you can tweet at Nintendo and let them know, you know, like, is there any brands or, I mean, this is kind of a key part of marketing strategy. Can you talk about like how we talk to clients about engagement on social media and the importance of that? Like not just posting sales shit. Like, do you have <laughs> yeah. anything to add on that? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, and this doesn't answer your question at all, but That's I was okay. thinking. You're in Taylor Swift mode. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, I was thinking about people who do that now like we are in the age of the influencer Mm. and I was thinking about how cringy it is for people to give that much access to their life when nobody really asked for it like people thinking higher of themselves than they actually are. Hey guys, everybody's been asking what my skincare routine is. Hey guys, <laughs> get ready with me. Hey guys, you know, all of this stuff. And you're like, nobody asked. <laughs> no, you're so right. It's like the anti ask a doctor if this is right for you. Like when I see content, it's like everybody's been asking me about, I'm like, have they cite your sources i think i think you just need it it's like the uh intro to an essay like oxford's dictionary defines this like that's the same intro to your content like everybody's been asking no you just wanted to put out a makeup tutorial just like own up to it be like hey i really enjoyed my makeup routine like i really enjoy my skincare routine i would love to share it with you like exactly exactly so i was just you know i was just thinking that i wonder if it's like because of the era that we're in that it is so cringy and like Taylor Swift was kind of doing it on MySpace, which was our first social media platform that it wasn't as cringy. Um, but you know, if people think themselves a celebrity and they're not a celebrity, you're kind of like, ugh, I'm kind of turned off by you. Um, but I would say when we talk about brands, I mean, I think some of the most the the most notorious brand accounts are those on Twitter, like Wendy's or mm, yeah. uh, You Love Slim Jims, and it's just yep. accounts that make fun of themselves, almost like, "Hey, we know we're a brand. We, you guys know we sell hamburgers. Like, yep. there's not much, there's nothing sexy about the hamburger. I'm not gonna market it. I'm just gonna." say some jokes or I'm going to, you know, troll people on Twitter because it's funny. So that type of authenticity is what we try to do with our uh, client accounts. And sometimes we get fired. (laughs) Yeah. They don't like it, but it works, you know, like that's the nature of social media. The other one that pops to my head is like the U S customer protection bureau on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Super stale. Their, their whole directive is like, hey, you know, they recall products. They're like, hey, be safe, you know, with ladders, you know, like they're just kind of like their, their job is to protect customers. But their tweets are hilarious. They're Got just they. making fun of themselves. They're like, yeah. they're like, yeah, watch out for velociraptors at the playground because, you know, playground stuff can get hot and also velociraptors, you know, like it's just stupid stuff. But it's so good. It gets their message across and it's engaging social media in the way that it's supposed to be engaged. And I think that's what Taylor did was like she was using MySpace like a regular person. 
not mm, using MySpace yeah. as an artist or someone promoting anything. She was just like, this is my MySpace. Follow me. Friend me. Mm, like, mm. I'm just posting. I'm a regular person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what she did really, really well. And brands are trying to do that. And it's possible. You just got to be able to make fun of yourself. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on in Taylor's life uh, to the Fearless album. Her second studio release. Can you name any songs off the? Do you know like album by album, mm-hmm. different songs? Can you name me any songs off the Fearless, Fearless album? Oh, that was uh, it was it Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. Let me look it up. Oh come on! You didn't even have I, any prepared. I have like some 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 major songs. Um, um like the, I have the big ones. Romeo and Juliet is not on this album. What about 15? That is on this album. Correct. Um, There's a big one. Actually, two big ones on this one. Um, Because <laughs> this is the album that Tim McGraw was on the first Tim one. Tim McGraw was on the mm-hmm. first one, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So is this... You said Romeo and Juliet was not on this album. What was no. on Fearless? December? December night or something? Nope. Nope. Yeah, we might have to cut this, Caitlin. But uh, the oh two big God. ones are uh, You Belong With Me. Okay. And yeah. Love's, Love Story. Is that Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Oh, it's like, but the, the song's called Love Story? All right. What? Yeah, my bad. Whatever. But uh, I, yeah, I give myself a point. So you were right. You were right. I was wrong. You're you're a Taylor Swift fan. We um, were both kind of right. Yeah, there you go. Um, but so uh, it, for her second album, she still was doing her MySpace thing. Like it had grown. She's getting bigger and bigger. Um, she actually started doing what she's pretty known for now and like engaging directly with her fans in the sense that she would like release snippets of songs on her MySpace prior to like the radio releases. Um, so that cultivated a big following. Everybody wanted to be like discovering Taylor Swift, hearing the first little bits of her song. However, um, she's a little bigger now, so uh, her team uh, starts a digital marketing campaign, kind of the first iteration. This is an album where she first gets into it. So in the run-up to the Fearless album release, she launches, a, she launches a campaign on the iTunes store. God, do you remember the iTunes store? Um, called Countdown to Fearless, where uh, she released one song every week. Uh, for the five weeks leading up to the album. So she released nice. a single every single week in the five weeks leading up. Her first single, Love Story, Romeo and Juliet, was released, uh, and it was the first country song to reach number one on the mainstream top 40. Good for her. Um, and then the following four releases were White Horse, You Belong With Me, 15, Fearless. Uh, each hit hit the top 40 in the Billboard 100s. Um, so, you know, she, there's a definite theme to these music. She's targeting a certain demographic. I think we've already discussed that demographic. Um, but like she's, she's becoming a full on country star now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, do you see anybody uh, like releasing once? Like, is there anybody that you can really compare that to? Like, I just feel like. She's done a really nice job. This is me veering off script, but I just think she's done a really nice job in it's almost like a movie release, right? Like she her album releases are a an event. And I really can't think of another artist who does that now. Why well, isn't like that the all, point of a single? But a single is like a single. It's just like, here's what's... I I don't think people care for the most part. Like, if they like it, especially now in the TikTok age, um, people will hear a song, and it's like, oh, this song's great. I can add this single song to my playlist. Like, who cares about the album? You know? Like, I don't care when the album's released. This is just a fun song. I like this song. You know, and with TikTok now, like one song like catches on in the background and it gets millions of plays. Um, like, what's the one that just annoyed the shit out of me? Susie loved it. My girlfriend loved it. Uh, oh, the Victoria. I know Victoria's Secret. 
Oh yeah. 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 Who knows what that girl's done with the album? It was just everywhere because it got big on TikTok. Anyway, that was a diatribe. Can you think of anybody else that does like album releases now? Like the album is a big, big deal. And I'm a hip hop like yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't know where she even released a new album. Did she? Didn't she do it like Renaissance or something like that? Yeah. That, uh, she's like on tour. I didn't even know that she released a new album. What about Lemonade? Like, you know. Wasn't there? So I am not a, like I will preface this conversation with I am not a Beyonce fan. I feel the same way about Beyonce as you do about Taylor Swift. Don't love her. Yeah. Don't hate her. She's great. She is who she is. Um, yeah. But obviously there's hardcore Beyonce fanatics. Um, but she came out with, was the album called Lemonade? I just remember there being like this yes. really like feature length uh, music video. Maybe that's the that's where we're that's at how. right now is like people get you hyped about music videos. Yeah. Um, releasing video little snippets of the video. Mm-hmm. Video content, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, that's how Taylor Swift released her latest album was all through videos that I saw come across my feed. And I was like super excited to see these videos. Yeah. So I was more excited to see the videos and the production behind them, you know, because now they're just outrageous. The production behind music videos. Right. Especially with these big, big artists who can, you know, I don't know what they put that. I don't know in terms of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Beyonce, I, I'm just thinking of like the really, really big artists. Um, well, that's what they are. I don't think many people like if you're a mid-level artist is like even a big, just a regular big artist. I don't know people that are excited for albums the way like entire albums, the way that they are for Taylor Swift. Right? True. True. true and here's the other genius part of it is like she's telling a story with every single song which Mm. i don't know i'm sure other artists do this you're more of a music junkie than i am but it's like uh bigger name artists like let's use katy perry as an example because i just feel like she's an industry plant um (laughs) it's (laughs) it's like she's just releasing hit after hit that a producer gave her the keys to yeah and it's like none of these were really written none of these were really thought provoking but taylor swift like takes you on a full-blown journey of like and you're guessing on now that she's mega famous you're actually guessing every single song who's this about yeah Um, yeah it's the easter eggs that we'll touch on that that's her that's her big i think marketing yeah so i i think i veered us in a different direction but you asked um i can't think of another artist yeah Yeah. i don't know i thought that was the point of singles where people get hyped about this single and then they get the full album but it is often like to your point what taylor does or did was release one song after another where it was like we didn't just have to sit with the same single for five months and get super yep. sick of it. And then by the time we're done with that, she releases an album and we're like, we're fucking sick of this like song. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to hear what else is on the album. That's um, a, so that's she, a great point. So releasing one week after week gives people diversity on what's to come the rest on the rest of the yeah. album. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about it. Maybe somebody who comes close is like Drake. You know, like people, people are like, oh, new album by Drake, you know, Kendrick. I guess he would. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick. uh, Yeah. Kendrick. I think both like those guys. when they. No, you actually got me thinking because now we're veering towards the hip hop world versus pop. And I do think you have a good point. I think that there's more buildup around albums in the hip hop space because I'm even like thinking Jay-Z, like when the Blueprint Mm. 4 came out, like there was a lot of high, like people were excited to listen to that whole album. Um, I remember when I was in my hip hop phase in college, that's like, I remember Wiz Khalifa released the, (laughs) it was like orange Kush or something. And I was like, I cushion orange juice, cushion orange orange juice. juice. Oh, Wiz Khalifa. And then, and then Kanye and Jay-Z released, um, 
Watch the Throne. Watch the mm. Throne. Super excited to listen to the whole album. So yeah, yeah. I, I think hip hop has a lot more build up than pop. Yeah, I I think so too. But it maybe is with the storytelling because I think the the dynamics of of hip hop is you're literally telling a story the entire time, like you're speaking in some degrees, right? So um, let's get back to Taylor. I was just that veered me off. I was like, I don't really understand. So. Um, Taylor with the Fearless album, she's doing well. She's making a lot of headway. She's getting a lot of uh, recognition. Um, however, uh, outside of like country fans and teenage, late teenage girls, um, <laughs> most people don't. Uh, they don't know much about Taylor Swift in 2009 until one fateful night the grammys at radio city no at radio city hall oh. the vmas the vmas actually yeah the vmas so uh mtv hosted uh an award uh taylor wins for best female video uh for you belong with me uh it's a huge deal she's the first country artist to ever win the award and then enter kanye west um, who's speaking of beyonce yep yep was like so, Beyonce deserves this. White girl, sit Beyonce down. Beyonce had the best video of all time, something like that. So, um, you know, if you don't know, you should know. Get get out from under your rock because that happened in two thousand nine. Um, so overnight, Swift becomes like a, a sensation, memeified. Back when memes were like at the beginning of it, like just even Barack Obama commented on the situation really like, yeah called kanye west like a jackass so like <laughs> taylor swift it what became overnight like she was big she became a sensation uh for, well from that maybe this is something that uh maybe this instance really defined why people became Swifties was because I think humanity likes to root for the underdog and in that mm. scenario you have Kanye West and you have Beyonce who have been global icons for years and then you have this new up-and-comer who wins this award and Kanye basically bullies her off stage and yeah. uh, so people want to support her just to spite these global icons Maybe. yeah i think that's a good point i think that's a good point my where i took it was uh, <laughs> like everybody i think if you're a fan of taylor swift at the time because of her great marketing strategy of interacting directly with fans right like she is big on like i'm gonna talk to fans specifically um because of that she she feels like you she feels like your best friend and i compared it to like being out at a bar and the group of girls, like one girl gets said something creepy by a guy and like all her friends just come like to bat and is like, get, get out of here, get out of here. I feel like that was the reaction from Swift fans. Like if they felt like their best friend had just been bullied in her moment and they just came to her and like once you're, you're bonded, you know? Yeah. Right. But I will just go back to your point is like she was making headway in her own community. This really yes. put her on the map to outside of her fandom. So even exactly. outside. So, yeah, maybe like the girls at the bar had her back initially. But then even Barack Obama stepped in and was like, dude, this is fucked up. Like, yeah. just let her have mm -hmm. her space. Let her have her time. Let her have her moment. Yep. I and that, I think Everybody that's the rest of America, resonated. too. It's just like, yeah, yep. just let her have her moment. Exactly, exactly. So she's catapulted. Um, now she starts to work on, and uh, her her third album is the, can you guess it? Red. Am I still putting you on this side? Oh, you're skipping one. Um, <gasps> wait, wait, now. wait. Then, but, oh. Okay. Uh, I know. Well, you didn't give me okay, time. Okay. okay, in 2010. <laughs> in 2010. Um, so she releases the third uh, album. Uh, the album came at a very interesting time. Uh, when I like I was thinking back to 2010, you know, a very interesting time, not only in music, but in in a shift in how our generation interacts with people like overall, like in the music industry, album sales had dipped 50 percent 
in the in the previous 10 years like album sales were plunging to our point people were just not buying albums the way that they used to right itunes is out limewire all of these features where you could buy individual songs or just get individual songs album sales were just plummeting um and uh, facebook was overtaking myspace at the time too 2010 is when like facebook started rising up myspace started falling off so not only like a shift in the music industry but a shift in social media and how we were interacting with people however despite all of that speak now sells more than a million copies in the first week uh only the 16th time that has happened since 1991 so wild sales i mean when i did the research for speak now all of these articles were like this is crazy like uh, taylor swift is bucking the trend of the music industry how is she doing it blah 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 um can you guess the secret to her marketing success because or for i'll speak tell you now. Wa- yeah because do you want to guess because i or i kind of want you to elaborate on it because I'm very intrigued by this marketing tactic. And she came out like uh, the, her, the guy, the record label, she came out. She said this was a planned tactic. So she releases Fearless, gets all this stuff. Kanye West happens and she goes silent for like a year. No, no interviews, skipping red carpets, a few like performances here and there. Um, but just drops off. And her strategy was like, they took a break from these interviews and all of these appearances and red carpet stuff and, and because she didn't want to flood the airwaves when she didn't have new music to talk about, right? And she didn't want to just constantly be in the zeitgeist when she didn't have something new to bring to the table. And I found that to be a fascinating marketing tactic that can be applied to brands too. Like it's okay to go radio silent sometimes in preparation for a big shift. If you're going through a rebrand, go silent, you know, like just let the dust settle, come back. Right. Well, thoughts on that. I was thinking, again, I was kind of taking it in a different direction. Like after the Kanye thing, I was thinking that she just didn't want to feed into this conversation, into this narrative anymore. Yeah. So, I think that's fair, but it goes I think about the adage of like all press is good press, right? Like if, yeah. you need to, if, if people, at least people are talking about me type of adage. Yeah. Like yeah. I found that fascinating. Um, I don't have a follow up to the Bud Light <laughs> catastrophe of 2023, but yeah. I think the Bud Light is a great example of a brand mimicking this same tactic where mm. they unleashed hellfire and now I don't hear anything from them. Or you're not being targeted with their <laughs> very specific uh, ads. I've seen I, a few of them, but they've gone like the know. amount of Bud Light commercials that I typically see have dropped drastically. I'm with you on okay. that. Okay. I'll use another example more in my world. Um, Mascara Gate 2023. Oh. Okay. Uh, an influencer by the name of Michaela. Uh, I don't know her last name. Anyways, she was hired. She's this mega makeup influencer. She was hired by L'Oreal or uh, Maybelline, I think, to promote their new mascara. And so in the vein of like what influencers do is basically like, get ready with me while I try on the new Maybelline mascara. So anyways, she's trying it on. And then the camera cuts. I think I know I've told this before on this podcast, but so sorry if you're hearing this again. But the camera cuts and she comes back with fucking face eyelashes on playing it off like it was it's her real lashes and oh my god look at the lift and look at the volume and look at the length of all of like of my lashes because of this mascara um and people were calling her out left and right and she went radio silent for a couple days and then just moved on with her life 
like literally yeah. and so did l'oreal was just like we're not going to acknowledge this we don't owe yeah. you an explanation i'm just going to collect my money and move on and so yeah. uh and, and nobody fucking talks about it anymore so uh i think that yeah. is a good tactic it's like just let the dust settle don't feed into the bottom feeders yeah. and move on yeah you don't owe people what an was- apology you don't owe people this conversation yeah, I completely agree. I think, um, but you, you know, the difference with Taylor that I found fascinating, she's like on this upward project, you know, projection, like fearless is selling more. Like you would figure typically people that are, are moving upwards and not like, yeah. Really, Cause like, yeah, the Kanye West thing was like a big debacle, but it wasn't her debacle. She didn't cause it. Right. right? Like she was on right. the receiving end. So almost you would expect people to just be always out there capitalizing on this new conversation. Um, and yeah. she did the opposite. And I th- just, I think it works both ways, right? To your point, like let other people just do, if you're in the zeitgeist and people are talking yeah. about you, let them talk, you know, like yeah. let it go and come back when you're ready. You yeah. Know? I, think- I also think it's really mature of her at her age too. Like, you know, mm. in those young 20s, you want to be in the spotlight. You want people talking about you. You have like a, an addiction to, you know, people. I mean, with social media, Instagram, all this stuff, like you want your face out there. And so for her to not capitalize on this conversation, I think shows a lot of maturity and also self um, uh, restraint almost. Mm. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I just got to stay out of this conversation because I have a big thing coming and I'm going to focus yep. on that big thing. It's like someone in their early twenties, how, how do you have the restraint to do that? So props to yeah. you know, whoever is managing that because I don't think it was her, but I think it was great. Yeah. I think, um, you're exactly right. Like she, she bucked the narrative. This is what she's doing so well is she's just, uh, she's offbeat from what you would expect. The unpredictability of it keeps people interested. Um, yeah, so um, the Speak Now album, she drops it. It goes bananas after this radio silence. Um, and it, it's also her shift into, like, as we're keeping up with her trends, like, shift into pop country, whatever the fuck that means. Just, like, more poppy country that I think is pretty much the trend now, right? Like, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a big country connoisseur, but I would, from what I hear, and yeah, that's kind of, like, the the vein, right? And to her credit, like through her hard work in cultivating this personal relationship with her fans and frankly, her customers, um, they follow her blindly into this new genre. There's no issues. Usually when artists shift genre, there's this whole like Drake singing too much on his album. Like, well, I want Drake to go in, you know, like usually fans are like, oh, I don't like this shift. Um, But they followed her. And I think that's credit to her marketing of making this authentic, real connection with people. All right, let's move on to uh, Red. Do you have a favorite Taylor Swift album, by the way? Do you have like one that's like your favorite? Um, oh, that's really hard. I would say, I don't think I do. No, I don't. Um, the only reason is because in my early years, like I knew all the Taylor Swift songs, all the Taylor Swift lyrics, like I knew the albums, but now as I'm getting older and also like my priorities have shifted. Whereas like, I don't listen to music the same way I used to listen to it. You know what I mean? Like I listen to podcasts or I read or I listen to audible, um, which is something now that I think about, I need to fix about myself. Like I need to listen to more music. Anyways, I don't know all the songs of all the albums. Like you could probably feed me a Taylor Swift song right now that I've never heard of. And that is embarrassing for a Swifty. Oh, for shame, for shame. Um, But no, I think it's, I think that's a natural progression. Maybe, maybe we'll see Taylor Swift kind of uh, slow down as well you know maybe it's it's if she's being authentic it's like hey maybe not an album every two years i don't know i don't know anyway we move on to red uh the red album um released in 2012 and this is when swifties are in full effect there's a rabid passionate 
uh, active fan base for all of her uh, for all of her music. It, my favorite stat of this whole thing that I pulled: it took her album, the Red album, thirty six minutes to reach the top album charts on iTunes. That's nuts. Like you release it, and thirty six minutes later, it's breaking the algorithms, and it sold more albums, you know, than uh, a bunch of other. <laughs> yeah, wild. Um, so uh, this is when Taylor kind of reaches a different phase of her marketing campaigns as well, uh, because a lot of this is now she's shifting into brand partnerships, right? Mm. Uh, which I find very fascinating as well. So there's always this underlayer of social media, but now it's becoming uh, specific brand integrations. Um, so uh, if you're a fan of the album, if you if you were a fan of the Red album, you could have uh, at the time uh, went to Target and, and picked up a custom pair of Keds Reds uh, sneakers. So uh, ah. not only a partnership with Target, but a partnership with Keds Red sneakers. Um, or you could get the album along with a large pizza from Papa John's that featured Taylor's uh, picture on the pizza box. Who was that targeted to, by the way? I uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> not sure, but hey. Um, and uh, Walmart promoted the midnight release of their album in coordination with their stores, announcing they're going to be open 24 hours. They're like, by the way, Walmart's open 24 hours, and uh, now you can, and as a result, you can pick up the uh, Taylor Swift album at midnight. Which I love those midnight release stuffs. Like those are fun. Have you ever been to like a midnight release of something? No, I'm not a nerd. Okay. Wow. We just talked. I gave you so much leeway being a goddamn Swifty, and now you're coming at me for going. I went to every single midnight book release of the Harry Potter books. Okay. I. Lie. Before you even said that, I was like, were you one of those people that lined up at Star Trek or Harry Potter when they came out and you dressed up as a character? I'm not shitting on cosplay because the outfits or the costumes were uh, incredible. I did not do it myself, Mm. um, but I did play like Quidditch in a Barnes and Noble. Like they had a little Quidditch set up. I mean, that's a that's a time for another story. There was in college, there was quidditch uh like um I f- like groups like intramural yeah like intramural quidditch yeah mm-hmm. nerds mm-hmm. we had it too i was amazing anyway I were know. you on it i know hell yeah i was too busy drinking beers at frats i did both so uh <laughs> i would show up uh not in the right mindset, but it was fun. Uh, so uh, they also, with Walmart's brand integration, midnight release, all uh, you know, integrating with Walmart. And then they also released, I don't know what this is, means, but it's a Zine Pack edition of Red uh, that included a selection of Taylor Swift uh, guitar picks. So like everything from pizza to Walmart to shoes to guitar picks, like there was this full kind of brand integration with the release of her album. So that just, I think, expanded it even more, right? Like, it, it allowed more their, her fans to really integrate with it and be like, yeah, I got the Keds Reds shoes, you know, wear them to the concert, whatever that might Not be. Not only you know? that, but I think that this might have also propelled her trajectory to be a global superstar, like the most famous superstar in the world. Yeah. Um, because she's making her brand accessible to everybody by partnering with Walmart and partnering with Target and partnering with a pizza company. You know, she's yeah. she's saying I am available to everyone all walks of life and that is her brand and has been, which I yeah. appreciate. I mean, that's that's what she wanted to do and I I like that. I really do. Yeah, and I again, I also I think appreciate like this- being Sorry, I interrupted you, yeah. but I was just going to say I I do appreciate being kind of like uh, not elite, but like, uh, um, you're kind of exclusive. Thank you. Uh, I do appreciate artists who are exclusive and don't give access to the people. Um, but Mm. Taylor Swift 
didn't want that to be her brand. She wanted to be a yeah. global phenomenon and this, and she did the right things to do that by giving access to people at Walmart and Target. Yeah. Anyways, I just said yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it, it, the thing, this feels so commonplace now, like, yeah, celebrities integrating with brands in coordination with a movie release or like, a totally. Uh, like, it feels so like just what people do now, but in 2012, like she was pioneering this kind of stuff. Yeah, like really, really spearheading that this is an inclusive campaign. It touches everything in your life from ordering a pizza to, you know, going to a Walmart late at night. Right. Like, yeah, it's really integrative to more than just saying, come buy my music. And it's another example of how she's pioneered something that feels so commonplace mm. for artists and brands now mm. in and of themselves. So. I think this is where I have massive respect for her. always kind of on that next step and, and spearheading um, and knowing her audience, knowing her demographic and knowing what they would like. Right. Cause you're right. Like I think the core of her audience is, or her customers, if I'm coming at it from a brand thing is that kind of one-on-one -on -one interaction, that personal feeling of like, I grew up with Taylor. This song really resonated with this part of my life. And so you can't be exclusive and elusive if that's your brand, you have to be yeah. very accessible. So she's well, matched it really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to 1989, uh, the album, which I'm sure might be your favorite. I mean, come on, 1989, you've referenced that. that one I was like going to say 1989 was my favorite, but I, I reserved myself because I, there was some annoying songs on 1989. <laughs> Well, that's because she she credited it as like her her first documented official pop album. So she has completely dropped the country at this point, full pop um, evolution of it, uh, and it, it's launched in another like monumental shift in music. Oh, I am wrong. God. I am wrong. I am wrong. I loved 1989. I am speaking of her album was love was there a love album right after yeah probably uh, this is as far as i got this is the last uh, oh this we'll is as far as you got yeah oh i've told caitlin God. for the listeners you're already 50 minutes deep but i was like uh caitlin this is this is five pages and i just could not read any more about taylor swift I'm here, but will I just cannot it go was, into this. It was it was this song that was Shake It Off. I was like, this is so fucking annoying. I hate it. I'm, it wasn't, was it? Uh, no, from 1989. My notes, from my notes, okay. 1989, uh, she nope. released, no. Okay. Oh, it was Shake It Off. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh my I God. I was going to say, I got it. I was like going to say, I got it from a really good resource. So uh, that's what I get for um, trying to Google <laughs> while you have the facts. But um, so that I hated that song, but I'm also looking at these other songs that I fucking loved. I love style. I love blank, blank, blank space. I, oh, every, mm -hmm. everyone bangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 1989 okay. was my favorite album. I've just decided. Okay. I love it. So, um, yeah, so this is, but the, she releases it uh, the year you probably have it up. Um, but it, it's when this shift in music is coming, where streaming is now becoming like the forefront. And she actually does something pretty innovative uh, for her release announcement, which is what she's been doing now. I think the songs will kind of sell themselves, but she really, her current campaign is like Easter eggs and like dropping clues and like letting the internet sleuths take over and create its own hype which is just genius right like just give them a little nugget and then have everybody else take it over and the conversation is mm -hmm. so but this is what she does streamy's the forefront uh she has a a fan gathering at the empire state building and it's live streamed on yahoo live mm. um and that's when she first performs shake it off her first single mm. off the album um, the other piece that I think she did, which was pretty innovative at the time and is now commonplace, is uh, utilizing hashtags um, to create hype and to centralize a conversation. So she had the hashtag five hours until out of the woods. I, I don't know what that means. I was hoping maybe you could explain it, but it was trending worldwide for like weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't know the backstory, but. 
Well, was it her, her song is Out of the Woods. There's a song there Out go. of the Woods. But there so was she promoting was she building like up hype of it? Yeah, I didn't get that far. This is when I was running out of steam. I'm like, I'm not going to do some research on five hours to Out of the Woods. But if she had a song Out of the Woods, hyping it up, but utilizing like a hashtag centric campaign so people could centralize their conversations. And if you're mm-hmm. interested, even if you don't know each other, you could go back mm-hmm. and forth. And so now she's like connecting fans together, which I think is genius, right? Mm-hmm. It's less about this one-on-one. It's more Swifties. Mm-hmm. And now you've like shifted this loyalty like brands try to do where it's like camaraderie among the customers mm-hmm. less like one-on-one um feelings yeah i think and they, but she still keeps that vein for 1989 uh this is what she did uh she kind of went back to her roots she actually joined tumblr a month before the album release some similar to the myspace kind of nod to the old people who have been there um, and then she went as far as inviting fans into her home for like private listenings mm-hmm. of the album. So she still has that foundational of like, hey, if you've been with me, this is still my core. But then she rolls in these new age tactics mm-hmm. um, to draw more people in. And mm-hmm. that's an ideal brand campaign for any company. Okay. In my notes, do you have any thoughts on that? Because in my notes, I have enough with the albums in all caps. I ran out of steam. I couldn't do anything. I remember 1989 being a really pivotal um, album for her. And I also think that it might have just been like, I think maybe that's like really when she went mainstream too. Because if that's what she documents as her first pop album. Yeah. um, I remember that was the first Taylor Swift concert I went to. Oh. If I had known, I would have worn my 1989 shirt. <laughs> but I didn't know we were talking about Taylor Swift today. Anyways, um, and I was dating my husband at the time. Well, my husband now. I don't know how you say that. Anyways, the same person I'm with today. <laughs> your boyfriend, your now husband. Not your, not your husband and, uh, at the time. <laughs> Um, and he surprised me with Taylor Swift concert tickets in Seattle and they were such good seats. I remember. And I talked to him about it recently because obviously I'm trying to get tickets to our new show and I'm pissed off at how expensive they were. And he was like, yeah, I bought those tickets like a day before we actually went and they were Uh, like 200 bucks a pop. And they were, you know how there's ground, there's ground seats. And then there's the seat right above ground level. And that was what we got. And they were so good. Yeah, that's prime. It was prime real estate, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, no, I got this for like $200 a day before. And I was like, God, for me, Taylor Swift was so g- like a global icon at that point because <laughs> that was me. But I guess yeah. she had still been, uh, you know, not that mainstream maybe. Um, yeah. Still kind of a niche. And I think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And then um, my next Taylor Swift concert <laughs> was uh, we had a friend and he was quite wealthy and he rented out a uh, suite for oh, um, nice. her album, which was, I think, so it wasn't 1989. What was the album after 1989? You should have done uh, your research. I had a list, but then I think I got rid of it. I was like, as soon as I was done. Um, Reputation. Oh, Reputation was also a banger. <laughs> so you had, you had your uh, Taylor so Swift concert era, you know? Mm-hmm. I Yeah, so I saw Reputation. I saw 1989. Um, and now I'm trying to see the Eras tour and tickets are... Well, I will say that I'm not that big of a Swifty because I was not able to get like premium access, you know, like, you uh, know how she crashed ticket. Ma- I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I was not able to get premium With brand access. partnerships of Ticketmaster was a brand partnership and, and, and Capital One was a, it was Capital a brand One. Mm-hmm. And our business has a Capital One credit card. <laughs> so I leveraged that and I tried to get in. For uh, you know, I didn't know that. 
<laughs> you did it? <laughs> no, that's so funny, though. Do it. Do it. Yeah, so, so that uh, we are a Capital One credit card holder as a company. Yeah. And so I was able to get access. But I remember sitting in the parking lot. We were on our way to go somewhere. And I was like, we have to sit our ass in this parking lot because I cannot lose service. Like, if I lose service and I get entry into Ticketmaster, like, I'm going to cry. Um, so we sat in a parking lot and I was just frantically, I got in to the, to Ticketmaster, but every seat that I tried to buy was in- instantly swooped instantly. Like uh, I could not buy any seat. And then, yeah. and then it lasted for 10 minutes and the seats weren't available. And I was like, okay, I guess that was my chance. And every so often I look at Taylor Swift concert tickets now and they're, you know, they're still $5,000 or $1,000 or whatever. But the good old day was 1989 when my husband, boyfriend, whoever he was, bought (laughs) tickets the day before for $200. Well, now it's like uh, I see like Chicago. She was in Soldier Field and like all the parks around Soldier Field were littered with people because you could like still hear the music outside the stadium so people were just like littering the outside and my i mean like that weekend caitlin it was there it set a record in chicago for the highest occupancy rate of hotels ever it was like at 98.7 percent of all (laughs) hotels in chicago were booked like that's wild chicago's that is so funny 98 percent that's wild um, so, I, uh, yeah, it's like, I heard I of a, she's just done a great job. Yeah. I, I heard of a story where a bride had a like Hilton booked out for her wedding, but this, but then the hotel found out that Taylor Swift was coming in and they fucking kicked her off. They kicked her oh out of her wedding. God. Yeah. And it was like a well known, it was like a Hilton or somebody that should be pretty reputable. And uh, I don't I don't really know. It was just kind of a headline, but I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, back to marketing and Taylor money. Swift. Yeah. I'm remembering the reputation tour and something else that she did on this tour was she brought up random ass fucking celebrities, which mm. I thought was, I mean, it's genius because- yep. I remember her first concert. I don't know where it was, but she brought the women's soccer team on stage. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> She's <laughs> friends with the women's soccer team. They had like just one or I don't know. They were like yeah. pretty in the news yeah. at the time. Um, and then she would also bring up guest artists. So you never really knew who you got. So when I went to see in Seattle, she brought Fetty Wap. <laughs> what? And, yeah, she brought Fetty Wap on stage, and it was right when he released. Like, there's only one Fetty Wap song. Is like, and they sang yeah. that together. Dude, Taylor. Is, it was so like good. I, said, I gotta look up the Taylor Swift T Pain song. Um, but yeah, because doesn't she do that now? So I get it's so all. I mean, like I say, I pop onto our brand uh instagram every now and then and the feed is is caitlin so i feel like i live caitlin's virtual life for a a few minutes and that feed is littered with taylor swift stuff and so i picked up now that like apparently the the eras tour has like a a secret song or like a, a like special song or something like that and like everybody's talking about like each location has like a secret song or whatever, whatever, whatever. So she does this. See, great. Like, I try like, to stay even off. Though, yeah, but I'm saying even this is the marketing of it. It's like even if you know the airs tour, you know all the songs. You've been like keeping up with all the videos posted, so you know what to expect. You've seen the stage. You've seen like you, if you're into it, there's still going to be an element of going to that specific show that's unique and gets you excited mm-hmm. and gets people like mm-hmm. the Easter mm-hmm. eggs, right? Like this is what she does now. She knows how to like let her audience do most of the marketing for her right and this is this is the new Mm -hmm. age right so she's always on the um no i have stayed off social media and i try not to look at the taylor swift uh posts because 
I'm just not going to be able to go. So why would I want to rub my rub my face in that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also enough. in Seattle, she brought up Sierra and Russell. Nice. Nice. And they just I like, but the funny part was like, they just walk on stage, you know, and they just like yeah. wave and you're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> thanks Sierra guys. didn't perform a song. <laughs> I feel like you got to get Sierra to perform, you know, like give me some one, two That's step. That's true. No, her performer was Fetty Wap, but I agree. She, she gives audience members a surprise and she loves doing it. Like it's not gimmick. Yeah. I mean, it is gimmicky, but no. it's not, it's in an authentic way. Yeah, and we I love think our now, girl. I mean, I, I and I think now what she's done is is like I said, the new wave and where she's at the precipice of marketing right now is not just having this one-on-one relationship. If you're coming at it from a brand and a one-on-one relationship with your customer, saying, "Hey, you know, you like my product," mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. cultivating yeah. an audience and connecting an audience where you are, you know, the. The brand, the item, the the whatever it might be, you are cultivating your own audience and getting them to connect with each other and interact with each other. And that's the new wave. That's what she's been pushing for. That's the precipice of marketing. So again, I mean, where she'll go next? We'll see. Do you have any last thoughts on Taylor Swift? I feel like this uh, is a fascinating marketing conversation. We learned a lot about you, Caitlin. I learned a lot about you. Um, I don't think you did learn anything. I'm going to use it against you. No, I don't think you did learn anything. I think these are all things you already knew. I did learn you used our business credit card to get special access to a Taylor Swift concert. That I did learn today. Listen. (laughs) Listen. We were just talking about the benefits of running a business, and Zach and I couldn't (laughs) come up with a single one. There we go. There it is. is. You get you get you get some sort of access when you have a credit card and i'm glad you got in like i'm truly like flex that like i'm not upset at all i've just learned that and i'm gonna use it against you but i'm not upset use it use it amazing all right well hey thanks uh for listening uh we will be back next week uh with who knows what know. we'll be talking about? <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>